recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. We're going to try and do a couple of things this morning. One is to do some Q&A. Uh, so uh, I've got my microphone rover, Faithful Anish, who's uh, got plenty of experience now after running around to and Gabby. Uh, we're going to try and uh, do that. If you, if you have a, a question uh, about our series so far, so we've been journeying through. Uh, we're looking for the microphone. There it is. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the first uh, six chapters of Ecclesiastes, um, and so just wanted to, I guess, uh, give us an opportunity, and if you don't have any questions, that's okay. Um, I do have something prepared to share, so there's no panic, um, but if you do have a, a question or e- even a comment or a reflection or maybe even something that God's been really speaking to you about or that's been challenging you uh, from this series so far uh, or an observation that you've come to. We would love for you to have the opportunity to share that as well. So I'm going to stop talking now and wait for somebody else to talk. For those of you watching online, there's going to be awkward silences, but you know, we just hope that you can put pause or something. Oh no, Andy's going to ask a question. Um. You gave us a good introduction right at the beginning of the series, but I'm still confused, confronted by Ecclesiastes. Can you tell us what it means? Yeah, I'm going to try to tell you what it means. Um, look, I think as a, as a book, the, the best way to understand this is as part of wisdom literature. So, uh, and I think that's part of the problem. Uh, when we come to the wisdom literature, we're not quite sure how to make sense of it. Um, so Proverbs and Ecclesiastes particularly are people, wise people, um, wise ones in, in Israel's community that were basically reflecting on life as they saw it um, and trying to understand life in the world that God has created it as he's created it. Um, and so they're looking at it from a very, very different perspective to how maybe you and I would come to understanding the scriptures. So they're engaging with the rawness, the reality of the way life works. I guess a little bit like Job, where Job's friends are kind of trying to wrestle with suffering in the world and trying to make sense of it in a very simplistic, formulaic way. You know, clearly, Job, you're a sinner because that's why bad things have happened to you. Because if you're a good and righteous person, then things work out for you. Uh, Where we would know that that's not true, but yet that was their worldview and understanding as they looked at the world. Life seems to work generally for people who obey God and live God's way. And that's kind of the message of Proverbs, that generally if we follow God's principles and understand how God's created the world and live in harmony with that, life works better. And if we, if we don't and we, and we kind of push against that and we react against that, then life doesn't work well. Ecclesiastes kind of throws a spanner in all of that going, well, hang on a second. You know, even when we do everything right and do God's word and, and are wise and are diligent and all of that, life still throws curveballs at us. I think that's kind of what Ecclesiastes is trying, to, is trying to say. Life is messy. Life is broken. Life uh, cannot be controlled in spite of our best efforts. Like just when we think we've got a handle on life, it feels like it just slips through our fingers. Um, and so the things that he's wrestling with 
the statements that he makes are, are just that. They're, they're his reflections and his musings and his best attempt at trying to understand a broken world. Yes, with God in it, because he mentions God just about in every chapter in one form or another. And the end point that he gets to, which we will get to, is that place of submission and humility before God. But not with the rich understanding that we have of the way God steps into our world in very real ways. He he's, seems to have God in a very distant role. And so he's looking at the world under the sun, you know, in, in, as far as in, in our sensory world, what we can see, what we can know, what we can touch. And God is a little bit mysterious and hidden. And there are, you know, he asks questions uh, like I think we looked at last week. You know, who, who can know the end? And how does he put it? I mean, in chapter 6, um, uh, uh, verse 12. For who knows what is good for a person in life during the few and meaningless days that they pass through like a shadow? Well, we know the answer to that question. And really, he should have too. It's like, why didn't he say, well, God does, but he doesn't. And in the rest is, who can tell them what will happen under the sun after they are gone? God can, but he doesn't go to that place. He just kind of sits with that tension and mystery of the human condition. Does that help? Okay. Any other thoughts or reflections that maybe you've come to appreciate uh, from what the teacher, what Kohelet has to say to us? Something that's maybe challenged you personally. Thank you, Valerie. I go back to the first sermon and I I was really... um I I got a new new look at Ecclesiastes by realising that what... The word I've been reading is vanities. Doesn't mean that, it, and I, I've latched onto smoke, and that gives me a much better, mm. better understanding because life isn't vain, but it is something that that's hard to grasp, and it's it just it's not here for long, and then it disappears. It's fleeting. And and, and, and what is the evidence left mm. behind? So that's been a real revelation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, as I, I began to do the study, and and again, NIV is meaningless is even more severe than vanity. Uh, but that understanding of vapor, mist, smoke, if we bring that understanding into Ecclesiastes, it does make a lot more sense. Still, he says stuff that you go, what? But it, it does help a little bit more, I think. Dr. Graham in the back. This is a more of an observation, yep. but during the time of COVID where everybody's depressed, you've given us a double whammy by studying Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. During COVID when everyone was depressed. depressed. Yeah, you've given us a double whammy, haven't you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I meant well. I meant well. I meant to engage with a part of our Bibles that we often don't go to. Uh, and I, I, I guess again, like as I read through it, like he, particularly the things that he's saying was so relevant in COVID. Um, as I was having conversations with different people, people were questioning their own values, were questioning their, their priorities. People were reflecting on the meaning of life um, and, and uh, re-examining work and career and how they're spending their time. And, and which are a lot of the things that Kohelet would want you to be thinking about. 
Um, are we chasing a vapor? Are we trying to catch the wind? Are, are, we, are we so preoccupied in, in how we're living, particularly in our Western context, I think? Um, and I think COVID has been a grace of God that has brought us to the reality of facing the truths of Ecclesiastes and going, how are we living our lives? And are we living it with God's kingdom perspective or have we bought into our culture's value system? And I think that's why I, I chose to go this way. One more question or comment and then we'll, we'll move on. your exercise for the day, Anish. No, I don't have a question. No, excuse me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send him back over there. <laughs> um, so, so it's pretty... Um, how do we read Ecclesiastics? Because the teacher, I guess, speaks to believers in a sense. But how do you read it in a person who's just a new Christian? Um, and kind of wrestle with all that. Yeah. And um, I guess even lead someone through this book with them if they're um, going through it and just think, oh, yeah, that's you know, really hard to understand. And how yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, I'll, I'll answer that by answering another question that somebody asked me, uh, which is, you know, he noticed that, particularly as we've been preaching through Ecclesiastes, how much we're jumping into the New Testament. And he said, normally you guys don't do that as much. Um, but we've been doing that a lot. Like last week you would have seen, you know, I think we spent more time looking at New Testament passages than actually engaging with the, the material of Ecclesiastes. And again, there's a, there's a reason for that. I think as Christians, we, we can't, read Ecclesiastes removed from the light that the New Testament brings into that. Um, the teacher is writing from his worldview. And again, one of the things that theologians talk about is this idea of the progressive and unfolding nature of God's revelation. You know, that, you know it's illustrated in, in the life of Abraham when God says, just go to Canaan. Like, that's it. Nothing more is said, and, and Abraham goes. But as he goes, he's given greater and greater revelation. More and more promises are given. He gets to see the land, and God promises that his, uh, his, uh, um, the people who come after him will inherit the land. It'll be all of those things. And even prophesying that they will end up in slavery in Egypt, and a whole bunch of revelation is given as he went. And so the, the Bible kind of as a whole works that way. That people, even just looking at one topic that the writer, um, Kohelet, talks a lot about death. In the Old Testament, death was really mysterious. Uh, like they talk about Sheol and the place of the dead, where it's not really sure what happens in that place of the dead. You read the Psalms, and there are glimpses and hints that maybe there is life after death, but it's really vague. It's not till you really get to Daniel that you have at least some kind of concrete understanding of resurrection, of, of the twin resurrection of the righteous and the wicked. That's a long way into biblical revelation. So it's kind of this, I guess, this, this idea of the, the, the Word of God kind of revealing more light as we go. And so then the New Testament and the cross being the ultimate revelation of Jesus, and then the unpacking of the significance of the Jesus event in the rest of the New Testament 
gives us the full revelation of God's word. So for a new Christian, I think taking them through Kohelet and, and Ecclesiastes is helpful and the New Testament perspective gives the balance that gives greater meaning to what the teacher is trying to teach. And I think as New, new Testament Christians, we have the great benefit of being able to read Ecclesiastes with that insight. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking about the, the people of Israel who just had Ecclesiastes to read without that hope, without the hope of resurrection, without the certainty that there is life after death. And if we keep trusting and believing in Jesus, it is a glorious life ahead. Um, so I think that's how we can take a new Christian through Ecclesiastes without the doom and gloom that kind of on the first reading of it, that's what it seems like. Yep. So I'm asking a question. For a friend. Um, for a friend. Yeah. Uh, the question is, why is the teacher and the author separate? Okay, so that, I mean, that's, again, you know, so one of the things that people have debated on. Because as we read um, Ecclesiastes, there seems to be two voices. Um, and in chapter 1 and in chapter 12, the author introduces the speaker. Uh, the best way to understand it is like having a, a celebrity interview, if you like, uh, where the host is the author and they've got the specialist, the, the wise teacher who they're interviewing about life. And so at different points, the author, the author kind of steps in and you hear his voice and his reflections on what the, the teacher is saying. And so you know, that's why you have the author and the teacher. So the teacher is the main voice throughout the main book as he shares his lessons and observations and the things that he's gleaned from his wise reflection and him achieving all of those things and, and thinking about life. And then the author is the one that's recording the words of the teacher to pass on to the next generation, if you like. So it's a good way to kind of think about it as kind of a celebrity interview where you've got this expert uh, person that you're sitting with and you're saying, hey, tell me about life. Tell me about what you've experienced. You know, what have you learned as you've thought about life? And, and, the, and the author's role is just to document that and pass that on, if that, that makes sense. Excellent. All right, we're going to have another one of these towards the end of our series. So if you do come across other questions and comments, keep noting them down and jotting them down and we'll revisit them. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.